Welcome to Orpanini. This is Saratova Best. Let's find out about the oneness of Yom Kippur. Let's find out what Yom Kippur really is, so to speak. A little Nukuda Achas Pashana. It's a time of one time, one, 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 and one, one, one. The idea of um, what Yom Kippur is all about. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Indian of Yom Kippur, Achas Bishana, one. what does that mean? It's one time in the year. Is that it? Is that what makes sense? It's one time in the year. Is that it? It's the it's not just one time in the year. You know, Yom Kippur is once. But is there anything else one about it? It's that on Yom Kippur, you're operating on the level of one. Yechidah Nefesh. So, the cleaving of the neshama to its source. Where is the source of the neshama? Atmas Oren Saif. So, imagine this. When you're one with your source, then there's another one. So, one time in the year is Yom Kippur. It only happens one Yom Kippur a year. And then you're operating on a oneness energy. Without looking at your situation, right? If you look at your everyday regular situation, in general, you're not living on the level of this unity between you and Hashem. This perfect unity. It's um, what's normally called a very high level. But Yom Kippur takes you to that place even though it's not your regular style. Takes you to that place of oneness. Now, where do you get this natural, this is a natural thing. You know, so I'm not on that level, it's not for me. But here it's called in Chassidus, Shuvah Tivis, your natural level. That's interesting. That's telling you that what is more natural for you, to be on this level or to be struggling? More natural for you is to be on this level. Isn't that interesting? It's Teva has, what are the words here? Tshuva um, Tivis. This kind of returning to this original state where you came from, where you're one with your source, that's your, in a way, you know, that's the default mode. You know, what's the famous example of, um, they taught the, all these cats, Lahavdil, to be able to stand on two feet and wear bow ties and and act, you know, act very almost human and do all these things and carry little trays and serve food or whatever. And then the cat saw a mouse and it went back to all fours and just ran up after the mouse and went back to its default mode. What was the default mode of the cat? It's going to chase a mouse on all fours, not stand up on two legs or two feet wearing a bow tie with a tray in its paw. So it's returned to its natural state. 
When you return to your natural state, what does it look like? What's your default mode? That unity with Hashem, where you're one with your source. Isn't my default mode when I'm a total wreck? No. That's a um, superimposed, unpleasant byproduct of being in the world. But the default mode when you go back to your real self is in cleaving in that oneness with Hashem, with the essence of Hashem. And how do you do that? Which part of you? Not your revealed part, your essence. Essence cleaves to essence. It comes from Esam and Neshama, the Yechida. Kshura umbekabelet mimbechinus yachid. Now, where do you get that kind of energy? From the level of yachid. Hashem's unity will pull out of you your unity. Hashem, right? He, Hashem is always one. We don't feel one. We feel like we're all over the place. We're scattered. But from the Yechid Shal Ailam, the one, the Hashem, the one real thing in the world, that's where we get our Yachid energy. Because your Nisham is a Chelek Mamash, as the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya. And in the words of Eitzachayim, Yesh Nitzut Katan There's a very small spark. Shubachinat Elokut. It's a level of godliness. So you have this little spark, so to speak. It's not a physical spark. You have this little spark, and it encloses itself in the kayach of mitzvah echad, one spark, nivra. So it gets enclosed in a creation, a nikra yechida. So whatever the yechida in you is, is somehow this spark of unity, this, this, this piece of Hashem, enclosing itself in you. It's called yechida. So what about this yechida? Venitus nivrazeh, so this created spark, so to speak. This spark within a creation, and you're the creation, yechida. It's one with the spark of Hashem. Well, that's interesting. So when you come to your most humanness, you're really the most divine. Your default mode is completely, not only clinging to, but just totally unified with Hashem. Your Yechida to Hashem's Yechida. And that's why the Neshama will stand with desire and longing constantly to do what? Become absorbed into its source and its makar, which is Atmos Arinsay. Because that's your default mode. That's who you really are. So, the Kesha Zehu Ba'ifan Tmidi. So, this connection of your soul to your oneness, to Hashem's oneness, it's always and it has no changes. Now that's a really important concept. It has no changes. That means no matter what you're going through, your yechida doesn't go through that. We have days when we feel we're very enthusiastic and days when we feel we're very unenthusiastic, to say the least. The yechida 
doesn't get affected by that. There are days when a person is committed to Hashem, and there are days when a person, or there are times in life when Rahman Islam, or people who become completely disconnected and willingly disconnected from Hashem because they have a certain pain against Hashem, about Hashem, in their memories of Hashem. So you would think the Yechida gets weaker. The Yechida doesn't get touched by anything that happens in life. It stays as powerful as it always is. The only thing about the Yechida in the Yid is it can be covered over with so many layers that you don't feel it. But once you get to it, it it didn't change. It didn't get bigger. It didn't get smaller. It didn't get weaker. It didn't get stronger. It's the same. So, so without changes, even somebody who's really disconnected, it's called Kalash of the Kalash, the lowest of the low. You know, the guy who's whatever, I don't want to say, the person who does a lot of the Zeras, happily. His Yechida doesn't change either. Because, why not? Because your Yechida is connected in a constant way with Hashem's oneness above. So it's just, it's almost like your Yechida is constantly being fed with unity energy. It, it's, I, I guess I'm thinking... It's probably from a place where, number one, there are no changes. Imagine an energy um, completely above nature. And it's not subject to the changes of, of life. You know, when it comes to sukkahs, we're going to talk about the estra. The estra is like that. So, um, so now, okay, if that's the case, and remember we said it's, it's there, one with Hashem's, Hashem's unity, and Hashem is forever. So guess what? Your Yechida gets to be forever. Since Ani Havaya Lashinisi, I Hashem do not change, neither does your Etzamanefesh, yours. Um, and not only that, it's constantly affecting your life. Constantly affecting your life. We feel like very nice. You know, this person that I know, they really do very ugly stuff. Doesn't matter. You know, wow, poor guy, you know, poor girl, like, you know, ruined their yachida, defiled their yachida. Can't do it. One of those things you can't do. You know, just like the loose bone in the back of a person's neck. As people, Rahman's son in the Holocaust, in the crematoriums, thought there was nothing they could do to destroy the loose bone. After all the mighty fires, Rahman's son, they found piles and piles of loose bones. Nothing could crush them. Nothing could burn them. Can't, they're indestructible. They just, they just can't, they, I guess they all just somehow got buried in the earth. They are all there. That's how all those people were, are going to come back. They're still there. I mean, that's the whole concept. That any kid who seems to have left the world is even still physically alive because his loose bone is still there. He's just, you know, he doesn't have skin and, he doesn't have 
flesh attached to his loose bone, but it's still there. And on some level, his neshama is on, to a certain extent, not as directly um, invested in, in his body as when he was alive, but it's obviously, it's his loose bone. I doubt that it's one big pile of generic loose bones and, you know, um, like C.S. Mason, you know, whichever, like, how are they going to decide? How is Hashem going to decide by Tchias Mason which loose bone he's going to make into which person? Good question, right? Is it just, oh, there going be a whole pile, okay, take your pick? Obviously not. Every loose bone is that person. And that person will then gain weight. It's not just a generic loose bone, pick, take your pick. That person will, so to speak, gain weight his neshama will be more closely connected to his body, to the loose bone and to his body, although it's still connected, and he'll officially come back to life, so to speak. Like, be more, he'll officially become more visibly alive than he is right now, which doesn't mean that he's not alive. He's just alive in the sense that we don't officially call it alive in this world right now. So, but what we're saying is, besides the loose bones, this Yechidah Shebenefesh, it's like the loose bones. It can't change. It doesn't get bigger or smaller or bluer or pinker or greener or yellower. It, you can't get rid of it. It's just there forever. And that we know that the revelation of Yechidah has an effect with the Nefesh. Hmm. So this amazing yeshiva that you have will actually affect how you act in everyday life. It even affects the gashmis of the body. Here's an example. As it is the aspect of Meishervein in every single Jew. Meishervein is the yeshiva of every Jew. You have a piece of spark of Meishervein in you. And it affects the whole person. In actuality. The Ati Yisrael is a Pasuk. The Pasuk in Eka says, The Ati Yisrael and Ma'ashem Elokech Basharam Yimcha. And now Yisrael. What is Hashem asking you of you? In the year of Hashem Elokech. Fear have all of Hashem Elokech. Okay. What does that mean? Relative to this spark of Maishra Benu that you have in you, as Tanya says, and we know that there's a spark of Maishra Benu in every single Jew, what does it do? Right, you've got a spark of Maishra Benu in you. What does it do? It has an effect on you. It's an awesome energy. It has awe. It has awe. Of whom? Hashem. The year of Hashem And not only that, because this aspect of you has awe, it will get you to, to experience awe in your everyday life. And once you experience that awe, what will you do? You will go in the ways of Hashem and love Him and serve Him, etc. And keep His mitzvah. That's what you do when you have awe of Hashem. That's the whole of Aida. So here we go. That was your job description. 
How am I going to do it? How am I going to have the strength to serve Hashem? Too tired. Well, the eternal part in you that never gets tired will do the serving. The rest of you just go to sleep. Take a nap, I guess. So, you're starting with what you think, loving and fearing Hashem, and then all the way to what you do. Do the mitzvahs. Let's jump to what does this have to do with Yom Kippur? Okay, and one more thing then. When we're talking about the Yechidah of Nefesh, Shekadosh Baruch Henig Yehudi, every one of us got one. And he gives us in a way of mamash. Like, really, really, you, got, you get one. You have this Yechidah of Nefesh. The Alter Rebbe adds, and Barur. Um, it gives you Kayach in everything you do so that it gives you the Kayach to act and live in a certain way. Why? What's the Kavanah? So that you as a Jew in your Avaida should reveal the Yechida in your Nefesh. Live your life from that place. And take it from its potential to the actuality, from Helen to Gilu. Sheyavi Gilu And when you do, what's it going to bring out to Revelation that you've got this oneness with Hashem that you didn't know about and nobody else knew about, and it's going to bring it to the surface. And this connection will illuminate and and make powerful everything about your life. We'll see in a second what it has to do with Yom Kippur. This higher kavana, what's the purpose? Like, okay, why does Hashem want this? Why does God want this? He wants that this spark of the Creator, Hashem mislabish b'kayachnitzus echad nivra anikra yechida. He put this spark into you, so to speak. Yislabish b'chol chelka yinashamah. He wanted to infiltrate every part of your neshama. The chaya, the neshama, the ruach, the nefesh, um, and the yechida. Asher neshama b'chol, the neshama in all its five different parts, come down into this physical world, enclose itself in a body, and remain yechida. Come down into a place where it doesn't fit and fit anyway. And the purpose of a Jew is to reveal the pile, this spark, from potential to actual, to illuminate all parts of your shama, all part, all kaychas that you have, to illuminate everything in your life. And the kaych to do things in this world that you have the revelation of the Yechida in Asiyah B'Pail. So we get to be able to actually live from that place. It's not simple, but we're invested with the ability to live from that place. I guess that place would be, it's a very fresh place. It's not subject to the vicissitudes of time and space, etc. 
So that, that very fresh place allows us to tune into the uh, enormous unlimited power of the present moment, which is completely disconnected from what was before. It, it allows us, if we can, we can, it's just not simple, to every single minute step into a brand new fresh moment, not judge what's going to happen based on what's happened before. Imagine that. Imagine you just, you know, okay, now I'm doing this. And not say, well, I already know, you know, that's too hard to do. How would you know it's too hard to do? I've done it before. Oh, that was the past. This is a brand new fresh moment that didn't exist before. And none of the old rules apply. Now, it's interesting because when we think of it, we see through technology, um, Certainly, we, something we see politically now is that things change so quickly. You know, if you listen to the non-standard media, basically, if you listen to Fox News, quite honestly, they have some really interesting things there. And they're really saying, um, hmm, things are changing so quickly. You know, and they'll show you all, we call it discrepancies in the government. You know, first he said this, and then a couple he said, we will not enforce this and that. And then a few weeks later he says, everyone must do this and this and this. And things change so quickly by the day. You know, we will not leave Afghanistan until we safely get every citizen out. And then like, well, we left. You know, wait a minute, what about the people you wouldn't leave without safely getting them out? Well, uh, well, uh, right. So things are changing very quickly, and we see in the way the world is being trained, you know, well, today Mr., next week Mrs., then the following week Mr., then Mrs., then Co., then Skyscraper, then this and that, and you know, et cetera. Well, I don't have to be consistent. I will, you know, and so you, you just never know, you know, if you show up at a store, what that person is going to look like. From the week before, because things change so rapidly. Now, that's scary, but on the other hand, we're talking about the Lu'umazeh, the unholy version of the fact that every single second there's a brand new moment that was never, and a brand new world that was never created yet before. We have no way of judging what is going to happen in that moment or how things are going to go because we have no past history. You know, like the first the the the, the moment that the first cell phone was created, nobody could judge based on the past how this thing is going to work because excuse me because it never existed before. So you don't have a past history about it. You just don't know. So really, that got us used to September 11th. We never had something happen like that before. We just had 9-11 yesterday. 20 years. Kesser. Crown. Now, I mean, 20 is Kesser. Crown. So 20 years since 9-11. Now, 9-11 was not a good thing. On the other hand, it began the idea of God bless America. Which, that's the whole issue today. I'm sorry, I'm going into political things. But that's the whole issue today. Where is America headed? Is there an America left? Is it just a shadow of it once, what it once was before? 
And if it's a shadow, if it's the, what is America? It's the Roman Empire of today. As it says in Tyra, you know, Rome, the metropolis of Rome that rules the world. Where is Rome now? We don't mean Rome in Italy. We mean America. America is, I'll be Tyra, the metropolis of Rome today. It's Athos country, essentially. So, it was created to be what started 20 years ago, you know, crown, Kether. In God we trust. And as long as we stay in that energy, then America grows and becomes greater and stands into Malthus rather than going the other way, God forbid. Okay. So what is what is all of this? So this idea of a brand new fresh moment from the place of Yehida. So um, what is the abide of Yom Kippur? Okay. Revealing the Yehidah Shebenefesh in everything in your life. And we see Begali, openly, that a Jew is one with Hashem. That's what we get to see on Yom Kippur. Somehow you get to experience it. And that will give you the revelation of the Yachid, of Hashem's unity in the world. So that's what we're here to do. We want to see the unity of Hashem in the world. And we want to see it in time. And we want to see it in space. That every single day and every single minute throughout the whole year, you want to experience Hashem's unity in the world, in technology, in physical world, in Gashmistic world, in social situations, in political situations. You want to see unity. And you have a unity piece in yourself. So you're the one who injects that unity into the world. You want to see that in every single place in the world, you want to feel the love of Yehida in time and space. So, Um, and that comes through the Avaita Shuva on Yom Kippur, where we can return to Hashem, return to our natural state. So, um, one more thing that we're going to say here. It's all connected to Rosh Hashanah. The revelation of your Yechida that happens on Yom Kippur, as the Mithra Rebbe says about Rosh Hashanah. The Mithra Rebbe says it in Shar Tekiyas of Rosh Hashanah. There is a mimer called Ahavin Inyan Tekiyas Shaifer, according to the Kabbalah of Baal Shem Tov. That sounds like it would be fun to learn. So what happens on Rosh Hashanah? Everything goes back to default mode. Its original state. Everything goes back to zero. Right? September 11th? Not September 11th. What happened? Wait. September 11th was probably the real Y2K. A year before September 11th, yeah, we were supposed to have Y2K. And what was the problem? What were we concerned about with Y2K? That everything was going to, all the computers and everything was going to go to zero. And whatever was going to happen as a result of everything going back to zero, it was going to cause a complete uproar in the world. Never happened. But it did. It just happened a year and a half later on September 11th. But not through the computers, but rather through the forces of the, those that oppose holiness. 
So there's a precedent for that because on Rosh Hashanah, everything goes back to zero every year. And then once it's down to zero, to nothingness, there's no more world. I don't know what it is when we look around after we light candles on Rosh Hashanah. We look around and say, sure looks like a world. And yet on some level, there's no real world anymore. And when we arouse and bring down a new hamshacha from Pneumis Atayimus, from Hashem's place of pleasure, holy pleasure, obviously it's Hashem, we bring down, we, we bring down a hamshacha, a whole new flow of world and light from this level of tainu kapashas. Tainu kapashas. We learned that in Sharia, but tainu kapashas. Imagine essential pleasure that isn't even pleasure about something. It's just the essential energy of pleasure. Tainu kapashas. Within Hashem's very essence, he has and experiences, and it is the, it is Tainag That means inside the, the very core of Hashem's essence, is it fun or is it not fun? Is it pleasurable or is it not pleasurable? Incredibly pleasurable. Tainag What's the pleasure about? Again, Tainag doesn't have to be pleasure about something. But then when it is derived, it's ple- our job is to say, Hashem, so over there you have this pleasure zone. Could you uh, kind of do us the favor and experience pleasure about giving us a good year? Giving us a world. Could you kind of like direct your pleasure, pleasurable feelings to when you think about creating the world for another year and you say, direct that and say, ah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. I think I'd like to have a world for another year. Could you kind of do that, Hashem? And then once you're doing it, once you're in a good mood, you know, you always, if you have to ask somebody for something that is a little bit tough to get, you want to ask them when they're in a good mood. So when Hashem is, so to speak, in Asmus, in his pleasure zone, that's when you want to say, um, could you kind of, like, while you're in that mood, have in mind for me a really good year? and have in mind that there should be a world for another year, and it should be a really good world, and like, how about Gu'ula and Mashiach? Could you kind of do that? And our job is to get all that going on Rosh Hashanah. So, of course, our question is that we're going to spend a few minutes on is what happens when it comes to Yom Kippur. So when we do this with Hashem, all the Hishtalshos, the whole world, which went back to zero, Rosh Hashanah, as we started, we bring down a whole new world. And it has effects on, on the external world, the physical world. Let's say it in different words. On Rosh Hashanah, there's a hamshacha, there's a brand new flow that comes down from Yechida, from Hashem's unity. Shalomayla, above. What's a different way of calling that Yechida above? Tainig b'kaychus anefesh. Tainig. That place of essential pleasure. And because we do our job right on Rosh Hashanah, we pull that level in Hashem down, 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 down into this physical world. How is it activated? We do it. A Jew crowns Hashem king on Rosh Hashanah. 
from Lichuni Alechem. Melech Yisrael. Melech al Kolayel Ha'aret. Melech al Kolayel King of the whole world. The revelation of his sovereignty in the whole world. So that in the entire world you feel well, the oneness of Hashem. The oneness that kind of isn't um, the way the world is working. It's above the world and you pull it down into the world. It's like, imagine the unity saying, I just don't really feel very comfortable in this world. This is a very diversified place and, you know, I'm kind of out of I'm, I'm out of the loop over here. I'm this unity energy and this world is a very disjointed energy and I, I just don't fit. And it's like, it's okay, come on in. Take over the world, this unity energy. And so Adam Arishan did this. First day, he was created, first Rosh Hashanah, and he said to all the creations, all the inanimate, the, the Diamonds, the mayas, the veg- vegetable, the animal, etc. He said, let's, let's bow down. Let's all bow down and prostrate ourselves to Hashem who created us. That's what, that was his um, suggestion slash command to all of creation. How did he do it? Because upulata zun nasasa b'kayach so, because Adam Arishan was able to do that. How did he get everybody to do that? Because he has, his kayach resembles the Yechida of Hashem. Adam, Adam Elyon. He has that kind of similar kayach. He was, he was created one person, alone. One. Yechidi. So because he was created as one person, wasn't the whole group, he was created as one person, he shares that that oneness energy with Hashem. Sorry. <clears throat> so comes along Rosh Hashanah, the Kayach is given to every single Jew to bring <coughs> this whole Kayach down into the world. Comes from Mother Marisha. This unity in the world. Where do we get it from? Admiration. That day. Every day. Every year. Rosh Hashanah. The says, and the Rebbe Marash says, in the Indian of Es Hashem HaMarta Yom Vashem HaMirecha Yom. What does that mean? Hashem HaMarta. Zeu Indian. Imilifani Malchia. It means, Hashem says like this. Say before me Malchia. Say these phrases. Ask me to be king, and you will make me a king over you. We do that in Rosh Hashanah, Hayyam. This day, Hashem says, you know what you guys are here to do today? No, okay, tell us. To ask me to become king for 48 hours, in many, many different ways, including many, many, many different energies of how you reach out to me and request of me that I become king over the world and I will become king over the world. And when it says Hamarta, my recha, it means three three things. Ramamus, Shavakh, Taimus. Loshin Dibur, Loshin Lavush. 
Hashem, we create Hashem as exalted, we praise Him, and arouse that pleasure. And that means that Hayom, on that day, on Rosh Hashanah, we, the Jewish people, Hamarta, we, we bring out that Tainug, that pleasure, Lamaila. Why? There's nothing else to do. On Rosh Hashanah. Ask Hashem to be king, but with the pleasure thing, what, what are you talking about? What do you think you need to do to get Hashem to have a, a, the old desire, you know, Hashem is kind of done. You know, like I was king over the world for a whole year. I'm just done. I did it for a whole year. Like, enough. Enough. I I did a full year. Like, Lesnar up. We don't want just continue the year, continue the world of Shem. So like, we used it up. We had the 365 days. We used up the energy. We got what we needed out of it. Like, let it go. It's enough. We're not asking for Hashem to continue the world. We never do on Rosh Hashanah. We say, Hashem, can you make a brand new world from a brand new place? Say, ah, now that's an interesting idea. To tell you the truth, you're going to ask me to, you know, can you just keep the world going? Hashem is kind of saying, nah, whatever. <laughs> or something. But if we say, could you create a brand new world from a brand new fresh place that never existed before? He says, ah, that's interesting. Okay, but what would you need to do to get Hashem to have a desire to do it? You have to give him a brand new desire from Malucha for, for um, kingship. Brand new. Not continue. Brand new. And in order to do that, you need to bring down you need to wake up his deep for his pleasure in kingship. Nothing else will do it to get him in the mood to make a brand new world. It's like, we did it already. Leave me alone. But the pleasure, pain is a tiny that he has for kingship. If you can get to that place in him, that's where, when you touch that place in him, he feels, ah, time to make a brand new world from a brand new fresh place that never existed before. And then, he needs to actually accept the kingship, the invitation to be king. And then he creates the world. And the Seder is, from this level of Tainus, um, it comes into the level of Seder. From this, this, this pleasure that Hashem has, it comes down into this energy that hovers around and outside the world. Didn't yet get to the point where he wants to make a world, but he's like, oh, you know, hmm, this sounds juicy. So, um, it comes down into a makif. Hashem's desire will come down, but it's kind of not in in the world, it's kind of surrounding the world. Lavush. And it's kind of like a, you put on a jacket, it surrounds you. It's not you, it's not... Not like food that you eat. You don't eat the jacket. It's around you. 
And then eventually, the same desire of Hashem for the world actually comes into mamale. It, 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 it goes into the world. Like food. Like food. Into Pneumius. Into the Pneumius of Binyan Alamadipur. Into the very depth, the very inner core of building the world of speech. And building the world through speech. And all the way then to actually creating the world. And through this we have Hashem HaMirecha Yom. Hashem gives the Atadishmai. He helps us. Higher in a way, way above the regular way in all the Pu'ulas. Puts everything he has into helping us be able to get him to create this world. And in these three things, one, what do we do? We draw down We draw down the yechida, the tainuk. We draw down that pleasure in Hashem. We pull it down from its very, very high, lofty, deep place. Number one. And then we bring it down into Saivid. We bring it down into a place where it's actually surrounding the world. So it has some connection to the world that's not in it. And then eventually within the world and then in all physical things in the world, we actually bring Hashem's desire to be king all the way down into your shoelaces. And the ichor of the din on Rosh Hashanah is on actual physical things. What color will your shoelaces be? That's part of what's decided. As, you know, <laughs> I'm just using a kind of... And so, of course, so, what does it have to do with Yom Kippur? The Lakute Tiger tells us, Yom Kippur is also called Rosh Hashanah. But it's a deeper Rosh Hashanah. We just got it. Rosh Hashanah, Hashem, we arouse in Hashem the desire to create a brand new fresh world that never existed before. And it goes through stages as we bring, bring hit down his desire until he actually is creating a real world and even your shoelaces. But then there's the deeper Rosh Hashanah. Not just, you know, what Hashem, that was pretty deep. But now we get to the Rosh Hashanah that in a penis way, in a much deeper way. That's called Yom Kippur. The deepest, most inner aspect of what's happening on Rosh Hashanah is go to the core of 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 the the energy of Rosh Hashanah and that core energy actually is the energy of Yom Kippur. I guess that's why they're in those 10 days, the Asterisk in Echuba. And 10 is the world and the decimal system and 10 fingers, 10 toes, 10 kaichas, 10 spheres, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 wins, all that 10. The very inner, inner core of Rosh Hashanah is Yom Kippur. So you go through 10 days and the inner core comes out and it's called real Yom Kippur. It's obviously a day of Malchus. of leadership, of Hashem's kingship. And from this we understand, and here we're going to sum it up, the Shlemus, 
of bringing this down bitmimis. The whole in everything in Rosh Hashanah. So when you're going to bring all of this desire of Hashem and getting him to desire, decide that he's going to make a brand new world, never was before, etc., that's happening on, in all parts of Rosh Hashanah. It includes the main thing. What's the main thing of everything going on in Rosh Hashanah? Gili b'chinis yachid, Revealing the level of oneness, which is above in this physical world. You know when it really happens? Again, revealing this level of oneness up there and pulling it down into here. You know when that happens? Yom Kippur. You take that huge, incredible unity of Hashem, which is one with your unity, and you pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it down on Rosh Hashanah, and then through a Therese made Juba, down, 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 down to this world, and boom, when is it really happening fully? On Yom Kippur. As it says in several places, especially Hemshech, Tafre, Samachvav, etc., that the end of the fullness of building Malchus on Rosh Hashanah, when does this all come to an end? When is it fully? Through these thing, three things that we said. Malchus, what do we do? We blow Shaifer. We put Hashem in the mood, say mood, space, what do you want to say? To want to create this world. And we do it through three kinds of Shaifer blowing. Malchus, Zechreinus, and Shaifer, which correspond to Mamale, Saivet, and Asmus. Malchus correspond to Hashem as he is in the world, his energy in the world. Saivet, Zechreinus, you know, kind of reminds you. Hashem as he is outside of the world, you kind of a vague a sort of a memory in Asmus, which is Shaifer. Higher than both. And that corresponds to these three Inyanim and Martha. It all comes out in Yom Kippur. Because on Yom Kippur, it is Amitis Hagili Dila Asus. It is the true revelation of the future. On Yom Kippur. And what is that true revelation of the future? And this is we're going to end, pull this together. What will be in the future? It's not even Taino. There's a difference between Einig and Taino, and I cannot say that I know the difference. But we, we definitely say Einig Shabbos, we don't say Taino Shabbos, so what is the difference? I'm not sure. But the, the, the level Einig Asmi, essential Einig, of course it's higher than eating and drinking. You think the essence of Einig is in eating and drinking? Like, Wow, what's the greatest pleasure in the world? Ah, sushi, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my North American literature teacher in eighth grade used to say, somebody who like, immerses themselves all day long in James Bond uh, novels, you know, Havdil, uh, you can pick up his brain with a tweezer. So if somebody's going to say, what's the highest thing you can do the most? Incredibly pleasurable thing you can do. Chocolate ice cream. Like, oh, my goodness. 
So obviously, Ainagaasmi is way above eating and drinking. So why would you want to eat and drink on Yom Kippur? The thing that's happening is Ainagaasmi is happening, and you want to be there. That's where it's at, when it's at. That's what's happening. Way above eating and drinking. If you're going to eat and drink, it's going to drag you back down lower than that, and you want to get up there. It's like Ailam Haba, so we're like in Olam Haba, where we're higher than food and drink. The revelation of Bechinus Yechida Lamasa. So what we have on Yom Kippur is the revelation of Yechida down here. So, so to end off, this level of tshuva of Yom Kippur. So, like, how do how do we tune into that level of what's happening in Yom Kippur? We do what's called teshuva ilah. In fact, the highest level of teshuva, um, teshuva ilah. It's not just down here looking at what I did wrong. Like, oh no, I insulted her and I never said I'm sorry. Like, yes, that's good, but it's something way higher than that. It's it's, it's a it's way above all the things that I did wrong. If all of my relationship with Hashem is all about what I did wrong, oh boy. That's not our real relationship. You did stuff wrong, you know. Wow, how inspiring. It's about deep unity between us. Shuvah Allah is, is tuning into that deep unity. Shuvah Allah is the focus on Hashem and our relationship rather than what I did wrong. Shuvah does. you did something wrong and you're thinking about yourself all the time. Shuvah Tata means all you're thinking about is yourself and what you did wrong. Shuvah Laz, you're thinking about Hashem and being in that unity. So Shuvah Laz, there are different levels, level after level after level. And therefore, when it comes to Yom Kippur, the avoid of Shuvah Yom Kippur is in a way of Simcha and Tainu. And therefore we say Hashem as we approach this Yom Kippur, we're going to respect, to tune into that essential oneness, that essential tainuk in our relationship with you, a piece of, a, a sneak preview into, into Yemaisa Mashiach. And as we enter Yom Kippur, we're saying we're stepping into Yemaisa Mashiach, a brand new world, a brand new moment, a brand new opportunity, everything completely different. And we say, Hashem, we're ready. We go into a brand new base on the immediately now the world of Gula Mitzvah Shlema, and it should be not only Ksivah Chasimah Taiva but Gmar Chasimah Taiva for us and for the entire world, and the world should be inscribed for the year of Gula immediately now.